tēnā koutou, koutou rai e whakarongo mai nei, ko are kātera mai hi tēnei, i tipua nau ki roto i a tāmaki, ki runa i taku whenua rangatira ki taka parafau i o rākei, nō reira ko Ngāti Whātua te iwi, tērā tūtaha ko Ngāpuhi te iwi, ko Tainui hoki te iwi. Nō reira tēnei rā, taku mihi ki a koutou. Kia ora, I'm um, Jacob Wurumi Tautari, um, born and raised in Invercargill, uh, Naitahu descendant, um, Ngāti Hine, uh, Ngāti Raukawa, Tauranga Moana e Ngāti Manionpoto, um, yeah, and just been living in Rotorua for the last eight years, I think it is. Are Kātera Maihi and Jacob Tautari are the resident moko artists at the New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts Institute in Rotorua. The institute has a history steeped in Māori entrepreneurship, tourism, carving and weaving. When Tiahika visited Kapahaka Judge and author of The Rhythm and Life of Poi, Ngāmuni Huata, she described her life in Whakarewarewa as industrious. We had no choice. We had no choice because of the boon of tourism. It made it possible for us to have stalls along the street. Okay. You're talking about at Te Pākira, yeah. just outside the yeah. Whareinui, there's yeah. like a little row yeah. of cafe. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but the hours is just over the bridge. So, you know, each, uh, each one who had stalls, you knew where they sat. Just down the road from Te Pākira Marae is Te Puya, a bustling tourism venue that attracts 500,000 visitors every year. The carving school, Te Wānanga Whakaero Rākau, was first established in 1927 under the 1926 Māori Arts and Crafts Act introduced by Sir Apirangata as a means to preserve traditional Māori arts. It was from this time that the students of that first school built many marae around the country. The school closed down 10 years later and reopened in 1963. Today, other art forms include Te Takapu o Rotofio, the National Stone and Bone Carving School, Te Rito, the Weaving School, headed by Edna Pahiwa, and the most recent addition was Te Wānanga a Kupe Mai Tawhiti, the Waka Canoe School, opened in 2013. As an extension of the arts on June the 14th this year, the Institute officially opened a moko studio, moko to mean the application of traditional Māori tattoo. In the final episode of this series, Ta Moko Sessions, I'm joined with Jacob Tautari, who has practised moko for 11 years, and Arikātera Maihi, who is now the head of the carving school. Enga iwi o te motu, haramai anō ki tēnei wahanga o te ahikā, i runga i te māhau o te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. I'm Justine Murray, this is Te Ahikā on RNZ. E kui kumaru e te whare moi ai Moko demonstrations and people undergoing moko formed part of the Tuku Iho Living Legacy Exhibition, which showcases 80 pieces of art made from flax, stone, bone and wood, all created by students of the New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts Institute. The touring exhibition opened three years ago in Brazil and has since exhibited in Washington, D.C. and Los Angeles. Next year, it will head to Japan as part of the Rugby World Cup.
We hear it Tepuya. Um, this has a rich history in Rotorua with tourism and obviously carving. Both of you are alumni of the carving school. So, Arikatera, um, tell us about your background. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Um, I'm lucky enough to be a graduate of the 31st intake of the New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts Institute Carving School. Um, I decided to come here to learn for Kairotu Rotorua, actually. I wasn't planning on coming to the institute because I thought it was a bit too hard to get into um, in terms of ap- applying. Um, but I, I threw my application in and you know, shortlisted. Then next minute I'm studying here for three years. Um, yeah, it's just I thought it was important if I wanted to become a moko artist to learn about Fakairo because it sort of gives you a foundation and um, a good tour papa to, to start from, really. So this was back in... When, when did you first come here? Yeah, 2003 I started here. Um, I left Orake, left Auckland, and then, yeah, to chase this dream, and graduated 2006, then started my own company um, out out in the big wheel by myself, and then about seven years after that, they I got a phone call to see if I was interested to come back and apply for a position here as head of the school, of the carving school, which I thought was, well, yeah, that, yeah that's a privilege and an honour. So I tried, and I got it, and then now I've been here for the last four to five years, and what about you, Jacob? What's your background here at the school? Um, so I was I started here five years ago as a student um, under the wing of Clive Fugel and a couple of others. Um, graduated in it's 2016, I think it was, five of us. Clive Fugel is the tohunga whakairoa of the Carving School and wrote the book Te Toki Me Te Whao, published in 2016. Clive learned the art form under the teachings of John and Pine Tayapa. Over the years, he says the school have taken on a number of large-scale projects. Uh, we've helped a lot of iwi with houses and uh, also the teaching of students from each iwi. We've contributed immensely to um, teaching people to carve, or young men to carve, and taking that knowledge back to their own. Some have worked on houses in their own areas and uh, to keep the art alive, because we were charged under an Act of Parliament, which went through in 1963, to charge, were charged under that Act to uh, educate, maintain, and so on in the art of carving, um, and uh, Maori arts and crafts and culture. So uh, I think we've, we've pretty well done that. Um, and we're still doing that, achieving that. Um, a lot of big projects we've done with the Matatini stage. Jacob Totari has spent a lot of time travelling the country working on ancestral meeting houses, but it's Moko that gave him his foundation in Māori arts. He's yeah, just recently been helping carve marais around the mutu, pretty much, but my, my foundation was in Moko itself. I, I learnt over in Tokoroa under my tutor, um, Hiruuni Tamiana, at Te Whāraki Moko. You know, you learnt carving back in, we graduated from the school 2006, so did you go on to actually carve, and what was your company about? When I graduated 2006, um, I started my company, which is called Toitu Design Limited. It is still, because we're still running, um, a Māori design company where we deal with you know, whakairo, even just design work, moko, so in 2006, I took up Moko under the tutelage of a few people, actually. So I've been lucky enough to be taught by 
Fellas like Bernie Shaw. From here or from Auckland? From in Opotiki, actually. Oh, right. Yeah, so, so you went over to... So when I, when I finished, sorry, when I finished at the, the Institute, we moved back to live in Whakatane, where my wife is from, so oh, yeah. well, I'm based there. Um, and so being in the Bay, you know, I knew all the guys that did muko in the Bay. Um, and was lucky enough to, to work with them. Um, so there's Bernie Shaw, Rangi Kippa, um, mm. Marka Temuana from Tuhoi, um, Lawrence Hohua from Tuhoi. Uh, there's a whole heap of names, you know, heaps of people that has helped us out during this this journey, yeah. You didn't necessarily take carving to another realm, you, you actually took over muko. Pretty much, um, it seemed like the demand for muko was, was you know, higher at the time. Um, the priority was to stick with muko because that was, you know, turning over a good wage for me and that, like I said, the demand was out there all around the country, all around the world, going to Aussie and doing stuff like that, like everyone had been doing, just following what was already set up by the others. Um, but yeah, carving still played a big part in my company, you know, we did big commissions, so the thing is when, you, when you've got a real big commission that may take six months, you've got to put the tattoo guns down and pick up the chisels. Yes. And then when you get sick of carving, you, get, you pick up the chisels, I mean the tattoo guns, and carry on, you know. So is it's, that an easy transition? Yeah, it is. It's actually really easy. It was a natural transi- transition to get into muko from Fakairo. And it's just, when your hands get sore, down one tool, pick up the other one, and away you go. Um, it's just, that's what we're trying to instill here, to teach the guys, you know, different pathways, um, which allows you to do a lot more and get a lot more in return. Mm, kia ora. So, Jacob, it's only been two years since you graduated. Yep. yep. So, um, you know, in those two years, have you been practising as a art, muko artist full-time or part-time? Or? Um, so, pretty much basically like cuts, just going backwards and forwards between muko and whakairo. So I'd go away on, go away with our exhibition, Tukuiho, um, overseas. So at those shows, I'd be doing muko, and see, and then... When we come back, I'd jump back onto the onto the chisels and help out with those big projects. But um, yeah, now backwards and forwards between the two as well. Yeah, especially after work, and then you go carry on working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can take its toll, but it's well worth it. Now you mentioned briefly that you were working on marae. Can you tell us more about that? With was it recently? Yeah. Uh, so the most recent marae that I've worked on was um, down in a little place called Motora, down eastern Southland, I think it is, eastern Southland. It's about an um, hour away from Invercargill and about 15 minutes away from Gore. Wow. So we've been down there for the last nine months, I think it is, carving their, their whare. So it was um, started by one of our ex-students, and, yeah, we've just gone back down to fin- finish it off for him, actually. Yeah, it's been good... James Ricard is also a tohunga whakairo. Tiahika visited the school a few years ago and talked to him about marae that were built in the 70s that would now need renovations. A lot of marae start deteriorating around about, yeah, around about 30 years. And so we try and, uh, you know, with all the Treaty of Waitangi settlements, I mean, there needs to be a cultural purse set aside for your marae. Who's going to fix them? You know, your culture is not going to survive if your whare start falling down around your ears and you don't have a base. I mean, uh, most of our kids, even my mokopunas, are, you know, so wrapped up in, in uh, the internet and, you know, cell phones. And we need to try and change that. They need to go to the whare nui and learn all about those things in there first rather than 
It's a big struggle. As the head of the carving school, I ask Arikatera if that project is still on his radar. In the 60s, the guys created new carved houses, so that's why they were trained. They were trained in that time to to build these homes. Um, 50 years later, I think our role now has to change, going back to those same marais and restoring them. Yes. Um, you know, so that practice needs to take place now. And, and that's, that's a lot of the work that we're going to be coming up with over the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, because, you know, a lot of the houses, like you said, you know, they, they're getting old. And, you know, a normal house is supposed to last, you know, 50 years, and, and then you've got to go back in and fix it up. So that's where we're at at this moment, at this point in yeah, time. Yeah. You know, that's definitely kicked in. Uh, we, we had to um, assist with the Matatu of Whareinui and mm-hmm. Whakatani. Um, so they had, you know, that house was uh, over 100 years old and we've just finished carving the, um, the, the maho, the front of the house, sorry, the, um, the amu, um, and we've, we've put those um, up um, for Ngāti Awa and we're working on the, the rest of the, the maho now. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that seems to be our, our role and our position, um, you know. We still teach guys how to carve, but now it's also teaching them to carve what they see, because to replicate, you've got to be able to transfer the information on their carving to the one that you're creating. Um, and we're also learning how to, you know, um, install new pieces of timber, rent, you know, all of that stuff, lamination. Well, we have to learn those techniques because that's what's going to be needed and required for our people, for our iwi, all throughout the motu. Um, some of the houses have gone beyond repair. Yeah. So As in they need yeah, to come down. They need to come to down. You. And, you know, that's entirely up to the iwi, to the hapu and the whanau, whoever those marais belong to. But um, mm. that's what we're, we're a part of now. And we, you know, people take a, a good look at what we're doing and then they ask us for the information because they know, you know, we've got guys that have been here for 50 years, Clive Fugel and, and James Rickard, you know, and they got a wealth of knowledge, man. So restoration is something, as the head of the carving school, it's something that's on your radar. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. Restoration is the, um, is the key over the next 20 years, I think. Um, you know, so this school, it's, you know, based on the premise that we're supposed to be, you know, looking after and preserving the traditional forms, and um, that's what we do, we concentrate on. Um, for us, it's important that we do... I mean, it's not like we want to be stuck in the past, but this is a series of, you know, this is a language that basically needs to be held onto, otherwise we, we, we lose it. Um, but, you know, what is contemporary? Contemporary is the now. We, we, we do modernise some of our way we do things, but at the moment that's really not up to myself. That's up to fellas like James, you know, the tohungas that have been in here that long, they can do whatever they want. And it still makes sense and it still reads well for us, you know. But yeah, contemporary work I love. Um, the hardest thing is teaching these carvers from the Institute about contemporary work because they just don't see it. Because it's hard for us because we're trained to just do the just traditional work. Traditional. You know? Then we go out and we see that stuff, it's like, um, you, know, you see the boys querying it, but it's like, bros, it's all good. It's called development. Yeah, pretty much stayed in a traditional sense. But even then, I, st- I still like contemporary. Like one of my favourite artists is um, Roy, Roy Toya and Todd Cooper, and those those two are pushing the boundaries for um, for contemporary art. 
and that's uh, hopefully go down that sort of track later on mm. if I could. But um, you know, traditionals set in stone where we are, and it's yeah, I enjoy doing it as well. Thursday, 14th of June, it was the official opening of um, He Ingwa o Tēnei Whare. We, we haven't actually said a name. Um, yeah, we haven't said a name yet. Oh, OK, so Tā Moko, or Moko, no. Moko he, he Whare Moko, is available here at Te Puia. So that is something, obviously, for the history books. Um, how did you feel about it? Well, you know, we've been doing the Tukuiho thing since, well, well, the Moko has been involved with the Tukuiho, you know, for a few years now. So it's probably stemmed from that. That beginning, you know, the beginning of it, yeah, we we decided we should do this for real, you know, every day of the week Mm. um, at at Te Puya, you know, it it offers something different and new um, for everybody. Um, For me, it's for me, like I said, it was important for me to make sure that these the guys that we're investing in our Toweda get an opportunity to do this so that there's a Another stream of income. It's you know mm. keeping the art form alive. It adds to the bow of these cats. You know, um, like I said, you know, when I left, I was just a carver. Then I learned this stuff, and now I've got skill skills in different areas that I can survive from. You know, for in a living, I earn a living through this stuff. So that's what I wanted to hand back to the boys. And now you know, last week we opened this this mukul studio, and both Jake and I we sort of texting each other saying, bro, we got a mock studio. <laughs> and we're laughing, you know, and, but not making fun of it, but it's just a buzz. Yeah, yeah. And we still haven't, and it still hasn't kicked in yet, but I'm sure once we start sweating, it will, by getting busy. Yeah, I feel honoured and honoured and uh, privileged to be in this role, especially just, yeah, I'm still coming up the ranks and coming behind all these other great mokoaras. So it's big privilege and honour for me to be in here and to be the first, one of the first ones to start the school with cuts it's a real privilege and honour So uh, in terms of appointments um, is it, how was that done? How was the admin side of things because, or getting, is it just purely getting the word out that now there is a Mukul studio here and is it for everybody? Is it for public? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely I mean there is a process, you know we have um, obviously the website yep. that you can book through um, there's also an opportunity for those that you know if they turn up and feel inspired to get something you know if if yep. there's free time we can you know line you up then so I mean the likelihood of you having bookings for all sorts of cultures is, yep. is highly likely obviously because you're getting them through the doors every day and then there's internationally through online bookings and stuff like that you yeah, know definitely um, it's you know that like we've talked about it it's created an opportunity not just for Māori but for everyone to come in yeah, um, walk away with some muku. Experience this process. Um, experience the um, the culture behind muku. Jacob, have you got any fakaro about that? About the fact that you know you you will be applying muku to all sorts of cultures, or it doesn't phase you? You know, it doesn't phase me really. It's just yes, like another way of keeping our traditions alive, pretty much as well. See, I'm not yeah, I'm not too too phased about it. Now, Moko's obviously been in the media lately in recent times with Hewahine um, Pākehā e, e Mau Moko ana. So she, wore a pa- uh, she was a Pākehā woman um, married to a Māori man who had mataora. She had a Moko kauai, but lo- lots of debate online about Pākehā receiving Moko kauai. I mean, it is quite a heavy kaupapa, just 
you can homeway or fakaro itereo kea kea korua. But you know, what are your thoughts on that, um, yeah, yeah. Arikapita? So, yeah. Um, where do I sit with that? Well, I suppose um, for myself, you know, I've actually done mokokowai on another, another iwi, not Māori. So when I saw this coming up, I was like, oh, here we go. Yes. Cuts is going to get run through the ring, I mean. Um, but uh, for me, it's like, oh, you know, why not? Uh, some of the people that are saying um, they shouldn't, mm-hmm. they hashtag, you see them on the hashtag, Moko the world, it's like, it's confusing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's okay. Um, but there are some people that don't, like from within our nations, within the Māori, um, especially the Moko fraternity, and some of them are saying, no, we shouldn't, but those same people are the same ones hashtagging Moko the world. So right. it gets a bit confusing. It's like, well, Moko the world, or why aren't you saying Kirituhi the world? So so when you gave <laughs> Moko Kauai, you, you considered that Kirituhi? No. You no, consider- it's, yeah. Okay, you consider I, that Moko. Yeah, it's, it's Moko to me. Um... You know, I trained. I trained as a as a as a moko artist. Um, so my belief is, all the knowledge that I've been given and and trained and learnt, I'm passing it over to whether they are Maori or or, or non Maori as moko. Um, you know, the other thing that I think about is, we're changing. We're changing a word, and it only comes down to words. But we're changing it to appease. Um, those I think that are feeling uncomfortable with doing work on non-Māori. So like when I sell a tiko-tiko to a Māori, it's called a tiko-tiko. When I sell a tiko-tiko to a Pākehā, it's still called a tiko-tiko. Yeah. We don't change the name. Yeah. yeah, I get confused with why we do that. Yeah, kiri tuhi. For me, though, the process I use is you know, figuring out how I feel about that person, you know, the, the reasons why they want it, um, the reasons why they think they should get it, uh, especially non-Māori. Um, I haven't done one since I did that one, and I'm not too sure if I would do it again yet. Okay. But I've got to meet the right person. Yeah. So the person that I did, I found, was right to me. And as the artist, you know, that's why I did it, because it was right to me. That's, and that's, if it wasn't feeling right or yeah. wasn't toe, it wouldn't have... Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. And I know, you know, there's a lot of people out there now that will be going, bye, Kare. Who does he think he is? And I just, I know who I think I am and I know who I am. And the reasons why I did it was because of, I felt it. Jacob, how old for Carl? Yeah. We're still obviously learning. Yeah, I'll just block my ears, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got the... I've got a, sort of similar thought as well but um, for me for Pākehā to receive it on the face I feel that they would have to live te ao Māori have to live and breathe it they have to be at the pa helping out in the kitchen they have to be helping out at Tangihanga for them to receive it yeah, just like cuts too I would have to feel the feel the connection probably but yeah, that's, that's, that's the big thing for me, though, is they will have to live te ao Māori mm. to receive it. Mm. Yeah, in the kitchen, at the tangis, yeah, doing dishes. Yeah, that's my my thoughts on yeah, non-Māori receiving facial moko, pretty much. But yeah, from the neck down, three days. 
So you've got your first um, recipient uh, this morning. Um, Jacob, if you, can you give us a little rundown or what, what your process is? Oh, yeah, no, so she just Sorry. showed up and she's pretty scared. You <laughs> <laughs> see it, isn't it? But um, we'll probably just sit down and have a talk. Have a yeah, have a talk for about 20 minutes and see, see where that leads and then decide on the body part, draw it up, and then yeah, start the process pretty much. Kia ki te pū. Um, probably what I mean about that is, you know, steadfast, hold steadfast to everything that you do. Um, te pū take, um, te pū na ora, te pū na moko, uh, all those things, yeah. Kia ora. And kei tuatu ki tērā, are kātera mai he, Jacob Tautari. Kia ora, nā mihi. Kia ora. Kia ora, koe rato tātou nei hōtaka o te ahikā. He mihi tēnei kia koutou e te hunga whakarongo, hei kona mai.
Won't change. I choose.